Hey, this is uh, Nathan Explosion from Death Clock, and uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about an event coming up in here pretty soon, Ma- March 23rd. Fun for Funs is a journey in the comics network event. Oh yeah, and it's featuring lame pit kids from Bruce with dudes in pit kids trophy in dungeons with dudes in journey into comics. With performances by those jackasses in band number one, also Boner Jovi, Walk Among Us, and yesterday's Chips. I do not want to say the things about the the comedians, the ones, the the big Santa Claus's comedians, them's Patrick's Mercies. It's the live stand-ups guys that will be there at the North in pubs on March 23rd. Dr. Roxo, the Rock and Roll Club, baby. Here to tell you one last thing, man. You might have forgot about it, but those are open in the three. We're going to have podcasts at four. You're going to pay $10, baby, and it's 21 and up. That's a fact, Jack. Check it out. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's the Podfather Nate here. You are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week Highlight Show. This has got highlights from all shows across the network this week. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics. I got some DC news. I'm pretty excited to dish on it. Uh, I'm covering Marvel at the end this week because I got a big one, but it's worth it. Trust me. So here's some DC news for you folks as The Flash has officially made it officially, officially, official. I just wanted to say that for some reason. I'm not really sure, but Godspeed is going to debut on the CW show eventually sometime this season a picture of Godspeed showing up uh, on wire work and man I tell you the suit looks bitching in the kitchen white and gold is the way to go Uh, Godspeed is an interesting character I really really hope they actually do his origin story it would be really fun cool to see that done like right because uh, he's like he the uh, I want to say his name is Angus but that's not right Anthony that's not right either I can't remember the guy who actually is Godspeed I'm fucking up his name George or something I don't know what it is but uh, he essentially gets struck by lightning and then he kind of becomes obsessed that the flash isn't doing enough and he gets faster and faster and then he has the ability to take the speed force from people. He kind of becomes like death of flashes. He can just like suck the life force out of them and it makes him fast. Oh, it's like, it's kind of also zoomy. I mean, there's like a lot of different elements to Godspeed. So I'm not sure how they're going to introduce him in the flash show. And admittedly, I'm in literally the whole entire season of the flash behind. I think right now it's like the, the mid season, mid season break, like the little February jaunt they do where they take a couple weeks off. Maybe I can try to catch us up. I don't know. It's like 15 episodes or something I'm behind. So, uh, but I've done it before. It was weird. A couple seasons ago, like season two, 
for some reason, I missed several in a row and then just like, bam, powered through and was like, oh my God, this is the best season. One of this, it, it was, I go back and listen to JIC's back in the past. Somewhere in there, I lapsed for a little bit and then caught up on the flash and it was all worth it. So uh, it's really exciting that they're going to bring Godspeed. Of course, he debuted in uh, Rebirth number one and then, like, I think they actually revealed who it was in five, re, uh, Flash Rebirth five. Uh, and then they, I mean, they told really, really, really dark stories with Godspeed. It would be really, it's going to be really interesting if they actually try to do that on the silver screen here. So more DC news. And this is, uh, you know, this is one big topic we're going to talk about today. So I'm getting to it early cause it's a, it's a little bit of a long tangenty thing. So I'm going to do a little bit of setup here. Uh, in a couple weeks, Captain Marvel comes out. The movie is not out yet. There are very, very, very few screenings. You have to be someone who is worthy of getting a press pass to see a screening to be able to then write a review that you are not able to even put out until they remove the embargo for reviews, okay? So there are people claiming they've seen Captain Marvel. They're claiming the movie's shit. They're saying it's bad, all these things, giving it terrible reviews. As of right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it is the lowest rated Rotten Tomatoes scored Marvel movie, just now beating apparently Black Panther. So what does this mean? It means a bunch of internet trolls, we call them Comics Gate dickheads, uh, have decided to try to bombard Captain Marvel with bad reviews, man. We'll tell people the movie sucks and then they won't go see it. No, you're just showing people that you're an asshole and you don't want to include girls, which makes you the most kind of fucked up. You're so insecure that you don't want superheroes to be female that are powerful. Come on, man. But then there's this other deeper layer. Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's not because she's a woman. Maybe it's because there's this fake, invisible beef that doesn't even exist. It's not going to exist. Don't peddle it as existing. See, because back in the day, there was a, comic book called Captain Marvel by DC Comics. Captain Marvel eventually becomes Shazam. Shazam's got a movie with Zachary Levi coming out soon. Brie Larson is Captain Marvel, the Marvel Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers first appearing as Carol Danvers uh, with the Captain Marvel gear uh, as she has these new powers in Avenging Spider-Man number nine. But ultimately, you have... Two movies that have nothing to do with each other. There's no real similarity to Captain Marvel and Shazam, even though Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel. It's just a coincidence. There's not beef, though, right? But these comics gate dudes are suggesting, don't go see Captain Marvel. It's bad. You rather should go see Shazam. Like, they're trying to hype Shazam. And really, it just looks bad. It's really bad. I really hope Rotten Tomatoes fixes this issue. So I'm going to get into what I really think in a second. Before that, though, I'm going to actually let the man himself, Zachary Levi, speak because he went on his Instagram a couple days ago or yesterday to actually tell people what he thinks about this whole situation. So, Zach, take it away. This is from Zachary Levi's Instagram account. Out there. Uh, making a There are people out there. Here we go. Uh, making a lot of like really uh, inflammatory, uh, defamatory, um, uh, um, 
and and but and completely fictitious, uh, uh, like reviews and posts of Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, and some like trying to pit Shazam against it, and you know saying they're going to su- support us and not them because of things that they are, by the way, making up things that they're saying they saw some screening and this that or the other is in the movie. Um, that I just found this out last night, and I, for anyone out there who thinks you're doing me a favor, or you're doing Shazam a favor, or you're doing Warner Brothers, or what, you're not. This is not helping anyone or anything. Uh, There is no competition. (laughs) Just because Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel way back in the day, doesn't mean that somehow Brie or Marvel's Captain Marvel are pitted against us. We're Sure, we're both movies and we're both going to be out in theaters at similar times. And the irony of, of that timing is is really interesting for sure. But there is no conspiracy, guys. You need anyone out there who's holding on to some bone, like they need to t- pick a side and pick a fight, is sorely mistaken. And uh, I really hope that you'll just chill on that. Don't don't go and engage in that type of behavior anymore. If you want to be passionate about either movie, rock and roll. If you want to be passionate about both, both movies, rock and roll. Um, uh, but but going, this is really low blow type of stuff. To, to be going and lying, first of all, is just, you know, the bottom of the barrel to me. But to be lying in an attempt to discredit or defame somebody I think is just really sad. So, yeah, man, it's crazy. I, I really loved what Zachary Levi was talking about there. There's no invisible war. There's no fighting. There's no reason to be doing this. The whole entire Comics Gate movement needs to stop. And I think it starts with fans who aren't a part of Comics Gate becoming educated and then also advocating that this stops. What I mean by that is, uh, you know, learn, if you don't know already, all about the Comics Gate drama. I covered it way back, JIC something or other. It's in the annals of time. You can find it. It's like called Kamikaze Comics Gate, I think was the episode 206 or something. So I covered in detail kind of like what they do. They talk shit. They don't want inclusion of other races or females or LGBTQ, anything that is not essentially a white man they can't handle in their fucking comics. And it drives me fucking bonkers. If everybody is a part of comics, it makes comics way more fucking enjoyable because you get to interact with them and they get to interact with them and everybody's having a good time and talking about all these fucking things we all love instead of talking about shit we hate on each other and being shitty to each other all the time, right? So I I really think that, look, if you are pro-comics gate from the podfather, fuck you. I'm just going to say it. Fuck you. Really, genuinely, I mean that because you're ruining the whole entire point of comic books, which is for anybody to pick up a book and read and get lost in a story and forget who they are and become those characters and envision the experience of those stories in a bigger, grandiose scale and just be in those worlds, you know? So ultimately, I think Comicsgate. If you're a supporter of it, please stop. 
consider what you're doing. Really take a look at what you're doing. It's not fun. It's not funny. You're not making America great again. You're not making comics great again. You're not doing anything but just making people hurt for no reason. You're trying to bombard Brie Larson's movie that's coming out. Like, what if it's fucking fantastic and you have to eat your words? Then you just look like an asshole who lied, who also then saw the movie anyways. Like, come on now. What happened to honor and dignity? And just, like, stick into your guns. I love this movie. I'm going to go check it out. You know what's cool? I can't wait to see Shazam. Like You guys are probably like, oh, Nate's going to shit on Shazam. No, I'm really excited to see that movie. I hope it fucking delivers. I hope it brings the bacon. I hope I leave that theater going, fuck, I want to be Shazam. Make me nine years old again so I can become Shazam and yell Shazam and have a cape and fly. Like That would be fucking amazing. But no. You know, I don't know what is coming from that movie. I'm I'm excited to see the possibility. I really genuinely am. So, Captain Marvel's coming out. You've got uh, Shazam coming out. A very awesome time for comic book movie fans. Not necessarily an awesome time, though, if you like the comic book television shows as the Netflix Axing has officially, the snapping has ended on Netflix, and there was a 0% survival rate. <sniffs> Jessica Jones, gone. Punisher, gone. Nothing is being picked up by Netflix, or Disney, Fox, Marvel, whoever the fuck owns the rights. They've decided they're not doing it. They're not bringing it back. They have other plans. Maybe there's the Disney Plus streaming service. Who knows? John Bernthal, though, it's funny. He's kind of got like this like attitude going on. He's a little chip on his shoulder. He saw that you know when Daredevil season three after season three had been canceled, he was like, "That was the best season of television." They canceled that. We have no chance. Uh, You know, he's this really kind of chill guy, but he got a little bit upset because Eminem came to the bat of of the Punisher and was like, "You guys fucked up for." cutting that show but that was a mistake and John Bernthal's like why didn't you say that before why couldn't you come out and be like man I fucking love this shit y'all should check it and that's the thing and that brings me to my next major point if you are a fan or a friend who is a part of the arts and the experience or you have friends who do things that are bigger than themselves in music or podcasting or whatever it is drawing, painting, creating, doing woodwork, whatever it is, uh, uh, making amazing tapestries, whatever it happens to be, support each other, right? That's the whole point. This is the thing that pisses me off more than anything in the world in regards to the supporting of the arts and the lack thereof in the community of this. And, And some people are guilty of this, really guilty. I see some people on my friends list who spend two, three, four hundred dollars to do meet and greets for major bands. Bands that have already made it. Okay, bands that are famous as fuck. Your Metallicas, your Slayers or whatever, you know, things like that. Your, you know, Justin Timberlakes as it were. And they won't go down the street, spend $5 at a bar, $10 for a couple drinks to watch their buddy try to live the dream, right? And if everybody had that mentality of just like, man, one night a week I'm going to go out and try to see a show that I, I, you know, or go support a friend or go visit or go make a crazy appearance and see some people I haven't seen in a minute. Like, 
you will better the scene and the and the and the the artists that are living in that. You know, art needs people enjoying it to survive. And people think nowadays enjoying it is sitting on the internet and going, "Oh, it's good." Yeah. And then reacting and being done. And that's fun and all, but you need to be in it more. If you have an artist friend, buy something from them. For God's sake, just give them $10. They'll love you. You know, if you have a musician's uh, musician friend, not a musician's friend, but a musician friend, and you can house them when they're coming through your town or feed them when they're coming through your town or smoke them out when they're coming through your town or drink them up when they're coming through your town or whatever the fuck it is you want to do when they're coming around, your friends, when they're there, if you give them that little bit of love, man, it will mean something and you will create lasting bonds that are forever. And then if those people make it, you're a part of their story because you are inter- integral to their evolution, their growth, and their uprising. And that's just a fact, man. And that's just the way it is. If you support big-time things and spend your money on things that are super lavish and meeting famous and rich people, but you don't support your friends, you're kind of an asshole. It really sucks. And you really should consider... That while you're enjoying, oh, bucket list, I've I met Metallica. But when you met Metallica 3, 4, 17, 376 times, or Kiss, or whoever the fuck it is, you're buying your meet and greets for multiple times, trying to strike up a fake friendship because you're paying money to meet these people. They don't care enough about you, no offense. They aren't going to be like, well, this person's a meet and greeter who's been here 77 times. We should just make friends with them. Uh, this is from a CNN Entertainment article. These are the takeaways from the 2019 host free awards. So it's a sigh of relief time at the Academy of, of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences after a tumultuous buildup. A host free, more streamlined Oscars yielded a mild uptick in ratings Sunday night. And while far from perfect, a slick and satisfying enough show to avoid the disaster of surely some surely anticipated some surely anticipated or to avoid the disaster that some surely anticipated. The question is now what? Like the Grammys, the Oscars achieved a modest audience gain after an alarming drop in 2018, yet the lessons that the Academy can apply going forward aren't entirely clear. Thanks in part to all the variables at play, other than the fact that the efforts to change or evolve the show and its format in any significant way, including the nominees and winners, are going to be met with stiff resistance from traditionalists who would protect the institution. Sifting through the remnants of Oscar Night, here are five key takeaways and areas that Academy will surely be contemplating in post-mortem conversations. So, the ratings. So, Oscar ratings exhibited marked improvement after last year's all-time low, rising to 29.6 million viewers. Per Nielsen data, a 12% increase. Then again, with blockbuster nominees, high-profile talent like Lady Gaga likely to attract viewers who might not have otherwise watched, and the lure of a train wreck that didn't materialize. The Oscars possessed enough sizzle that anything less than an uptick would have left the Academy as a panic-stricken as organizers sometimes looked in the run-up to the awards. Notably, the pattern for the Oscars mirror the Grammys, which also plummeted in 2018 and rebounded slightly earlier this month. In the current crowded broadcast environment, just holding serve in tennis terms was like the reason to jump over the net, even if the lower level becomes the new normal. So, like I said before, the, it went host-free. So the Oscars usually feature a host as a means of promoting the show, since that's one of the few new elements from year to year, in any way, the absence of hosts filled 
uh, this year wondering what the show would look like and not having to service one shticks did help stream the ceremony and put the focus on the nominees. Still, foregoing a host doesn't feel like a change that can be yet to be embraced in perpetuity. It's an option, but hardly hardly the way to go. So, uh, the structure. So the Academy retreated from plans to present four technical categories during commercial breaks amid serious blowback from its membership. And the buoyant speeches by some of the less heralded winners made a strong case for keeping them in the show. That said, no other televised award hands out honors for things like documentary and animated shorts that particularly no one in the viewing audience has seen, or little understood technical skills like sound mixing. Racing through these categories, having a single pair of presenters hand out multiple awards rapid fire simply makes sense. At least until the Academy perhaps inevitably tries to, again, to squeeze them out of the telecast. As it was, other auditory elements like the in-memoriam segment acknowledging lifetime achievement honorees felt somewhat truncated. Clearly, this year's commitment to shorten the show, which still ran beyond three hours, isn't going to fade away given ABC's commitment to that strategy. And it didn't really go that much over. It went like three hours, 15, 18 minutes, which is a big change from the three hours and 15 minutes we saw just last year. So... Now the nominees and winners. The Academy dispensed with plans for a popular film category that then actually nominated, and even extended several honors to some popular films, including Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, and A Star is Born. Problem solved. Not exactly. Green, Green Book turned out to be a highly divisive choice for Best Picture, but it felt like more of a conventional choice, whereas its two principal rivals faced historic impediments. Black Panther's superhero movie, a genre that the Academy has never designed to even nominate before, and Roma came from Netflix, a streaming service that, despite the millions spent on promotion, remains an upstart in movies and indeed a perceived threat to the basic theatrical model. I mean, it also was entirely in Spanish, subtitled, yeah. In hindsight, the example of Lord of the Rings might be the most instructive. As the third movie in the trilogy, The Return of the King finally won Best Picture in 2004, and what amounted to recognition of director Peter Jackson's overall accomplishment. For a movie like Black Panther to win, given the Oscars' recent history, it's likely going to have to require such trailblazers with the beneficiaries building on what they accomplished. The same like it goes for Roma, as Netflix appears determined to wear down the movie business, mirroring its approach to television. This also one was heralded for inclusion. So many hailed the diversity of winners' nominees on Oscar night just a few years after the Oscars so white hashtag. Despite the Academy's conscious effort to address the issue, this is one area where the organization remains resilient on the companies that submit films for consideration. Simply put, a greater abundance of on-screen opportunities, more at-bats for movies made by the, made by and starring people of color will yield more contenders. On the plus side, the system movies like Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians should pave the way for more. And if there's one thing that has remained true of Hollywood, even with these fast-changing times, the old adage that nothing succeeds quite like success. Now, like I said, the ratings were a big uptick. I know if... It really it had dropped in any way. If the viewership really wasn't there, they were really going to freak out. I'm sure a lot of changes that they did reverse, like the keeping it a hard three hours, airing four categories during commercial breaks, the addition of the best pitch Oscar, things that they're doing to boost ratings. If this didn't work, when they put it all back, they were just going to be stronger in doing it going forward. So now, that was kind of the 2018 Oscars. Obviously, it was a big win. I did see... Seven of the eight Best Picture nominees. I didn't see Roma, even though it's on Netflix. I normally see it as part of a showcase with my wife, but that didn't really happen this year. So I did see, like I said, I saw everything but Roma. I saw Green Book. I personally liked. I know there, it was divisive, and it was basically driving Miss Daisy, what with the roles reversed. So that's kind of how that is. But now, like I said, the, the we've been talking about the Academy Awards, and it's 
the Academy Awards is kind of three things. So the Academy Awards is also known as the Oscars. So they kind of get used interchangeably. And it can really mean... And when you think of the Academy Awards, are you thinking of the telecast, which is the presentation of these awards by the elect, by the voting body? You have the award itself, and you have the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences who give out this annual award. So... So, but let's say the Academy Awards are a set of awards for artistic and technical merit in the film industry given annually by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, or AMPAS, AMPAS, to recognize excellence and cinematic achievements as assessed by the Academy's voting membership. The various category winners are awarded a copy of a golden statuette, officially called the Academy Award of Merit, although more commonly referred to by its nickname, Oscar. The award was originally sculpted by George Stanley from a design sketch by Cedric Gibbons. AMP was first presented in, in 1929 at a private dinner hosted by Douglas Fairbanks in the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. The Academy Award ceremony was first broadcast on radio in 1930 and televised for the first time in 1953. It is the oldest worldwide entertainment award ceremony is now seen live worldwide. Its equivalents, the Emmy Awards for Television, the Tony Awards for Theater, and the Grammy Awards for Music are modeled after the Academy Awards. So, like I so said, we just had the 91st Academy Awards. It honored the best films of 2018. So, obviously, it's always going to... Even though it's in 2019, it's always going to reward films up until, I think, December-ish of twenty of the year prior. So, movies that come out usually early December, sometimes even as late as like Christmas time, will, will be in vying for contention. So a total of 3,072 Oscar sketches have been awarded from the inception of the award through the 90th ceremony. Now, the first Academy Awards presented was held on May 16th, 1929, so it was in the summer at one point, or closer to the summer. Like I said, it was at a private dinner at the Hollywood Rosewood Hotel. With an audience about 270 people, which is kind of a far cry from what it is now. The most awards party was held at the Mayfair Hotel. The cost of guest tickets for that night ceremony was $5, 73 in 2018 dollars. Fifteen statuettes were awarded, honoring artists, directors, and other participants in the filmmaking industry of the time. For the work during the 1927-28 to 28 period, the ceremony ran for 15 minutes, also a far cry from what it is now. Winners were announced to media three months earlier. That was changed for the second ceremony in 1930. Since then, for the rest of the first decade, the results were given to newspapers for publications at 11 p.m. on the night of the Oscars. The message was still used until an occasion when the Los Angeles Times announced the winners before the ceremony began, as a result, the Academy has, since 1941, used a sealed envelope to reveal the name of the winners. Now, the institutions. The first Best Actor awarded was Emil Jannings for his performance in The Last Command and The Way of All Flesh. He had to return to Europe before the ceremony, so the Academy agreed to give him the prize earlier. This made him the first Academy winner in history. At that time, the winners were recognized for all of their work done in a certain category during the qualifying period. For example, Jannings received the award for two movies in which he starred during that period, and Janet Gaynor later won a single Oscar for performance in three films. With the fourth ceremony, however, the system changed, and professionals were honored for a civic performance in a single film for the first six ceremonies. The LGBT period spanned two calendar years. That's interesting. I didn't actually know this going in that originally, in the early days of the Academy Awards, that they recognized an actor... An actor to get nominated, they recognized his work of that previous year. So it could be interesting. So you could see Michael B. Jordan, for example, who just readily came to mind because I 
because of Black Panther and seeing him at the award show. Like, he did Creed two and Black Panther last year. You could, in theory, then be recognized for both of those films if he would, say, get a nomination for actor. So that's, that's interesting. So for the first six ceremonies, the eligibility period spanned two calendar years. At the 29th ceremony held on the 27th of March of 1957, seats moving closer, the best foreign language film category was introduced. Until then, foreign language films have been honored with a special achievement award. The 74th Academy Awards held in 2002 presented the first Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, which is surprising given that all of the Disney films came out before 2002, I guess were just only eligible for Best Picture or other Special Achievement Awards. And since the 1973, all Academy Award ceremonies have ended with the Academy Award for Best Picture. Traditionally, the previous year's winner for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor present the award for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress, while the previous year's winner for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress present the award for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. And that was different in this year. They actually had both Best Actor and... They had the Best Actor and the Best Supporting Actress and the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actor. I believe each present the... The lead, I think they had... And then they had, they had someone else present the supporting... If I remember right. Last night was kind of a blur and it was late and it's been a long day today. So so now let's get to the, the statue. It's the Academy of Award of Merit or Oscar. The best known uh, award is the Academy Award of Merit. Most properly known as the Oscar Gatchewet. Made of gold plated bronze on a black metal base. The dimensions. It is 13.5 inches tall. Weighs 8.5 pounds. And depicts a knight rendered in Art Deco style holding a crusader's sword standing on a reel of film with five spokes. The five spokes represent the original branches of the Academy. Actors, writers, directors, producers, and technicians. The model for the statue is said to be Mexican actor Emilio El Indio Fernandez. Sculptor George Stanley, who also did the Muse Fountain at the Hollywood Bowl, sculpted Cedric Gibbons' design. The statuette presented at the initial ceremonies were gold-plated solid bronze. With a few years, the bronze was abandoned in favor of Britannia metal, a pewter-like alloy which is then plated in copper, nickel, silver, and finally 24 karat gold. Due to a metal shortage during World War II, Oscars were made of a painted plaster for three years. Following the war, the Academy invited recipients to redeem their plaster figures for gold-plated metal ones. The only addition of the Oscar since it was created is a minor streamlining of the base. The original Oscar mold was cast in 1928 at the C.W. Shumay and Sons Foundry in Batavia, Illinois, which is also contributed to casting the molds for the Vince Lombardi Trophy and Emmy Award statuettes. From 1983 to 2015, approximately 50 Oscars in a tin alloy with gold plating were made each year in Chicago by Illinois manufacturer R.S. Owens & Company. It would take between three and four weeks to manufacture 50 statuettes. In 2016, the Academy returned to bronze as the core metal of the statuettes. Handling manufacturing duties to Walden, New York-based Pollock Talix Fine Art Foundry. While based on a digital scan of the original 1929 Oscar, the statues at retain their modern-era dimensions in black pedestal, cast liquid bronze from a 3D-printed ceramic molds, and polished. They are then electroplated in 24-karat gold by Brooklyn, New York-based Epner Technology. The time required to produce 50 statuettes is roughly three months. RSO is expected to continue producing other awards for the Academy and service existing Oscars that need replating. Now, the origin of the name Oscar is disputed. One biography of Bette Davis, who was a president of the Academy, claimed she named the Oscar after her first husband, band leader Harmon Oscar Nelson. Another claim origin is the Academy's executive secretary, Margaret Herrick, 
who, when she first saw the award in 1931, made reference to the statue, which reminded her of her Uncle Oscar, nicknamed for her cousin Oscar Pierce. Weird Uncle Oscar name. That, that's just odd. Columnist Sidney Skolsky was present during Herrick's naming and sees the name in his byline. Employees effectually dubbed their famous statuette Oscar. One of the earliest mentions of the term Oscar dates to a Time Magazine article from the 1934 6th Academy Awards. While Disney also thanked the Academy for his Oscar as early as 1932, the trophy officially received the name Oscar in 1939 by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Now, the engraving. To prevent information identifying the Oscar winners from leaking ahead of the ceremony, Oscar statuettes presented at the ceremony have blank base plates, which really have to be there to notice. And until 2010, winners returned the statuettes to the Academy and had to wait several weeks to have their name inscribed on the respective Oscars. Since 2010, however, winners have had the option of having engraved nameplates applied to the statuettes at an inscription processing station at the Governor's Ball, a party held immediately after the Oscar ceremony. Thoris Owens Company has engraved nameplates made before the ceremony, bearing the name of every potential winner. The nameplates for the non-winning nominees are later recycled. So, there's that. I didn't realize, I thought they actually, I've seen pictures of, like, Leonardo DiCaprio getting his Oscar engraved, and I thought they actually did the engraving, uh, the actual engraving on the plates at the ceremony, but it sounds like they are pre-engraved, and then whatever ones that aren't used are just scrapped. Do I have everybody's attention now? I don't remember who was talking, but it was a couple weeks ago. They were like, you know, it's WrestleMania season, and right now is where all the weird shit, like anything can happen. Like things you don't expect to happen are going to happen because this is the time. And one of those things did happen as uh, Roman Reigns returned to Monday Night Raw, as I recorded this last night, two nights ago, for those of you who are listening uh, live on journeyintocomics.com. So, yeah, uh, Roman returned to Raw to talk about his leukemia, and this is a big topic on today's show, and I'm really excited to discuss it with you guys, because uh, I have some feelings, and I think it's important to dive into these feelings a little bit. So, Roman came out on Raw last night and revealed that his leukemia has gone into remission, and he is feeling better, and he is ready to return. Okay. Now that's all fine and well. And I love that because, you know, when Roman, the story broke that he had the leukemia come back and he it was he was going to have to leave and he vacates the title and then we've had this cavalcade of more Brock Lesnar than we can muster. Um, it was a very real moment, wrestling coming away from wrestling and being life in, in, in the spotlight. So Roman, hey, he's returning. It's great. It's fucking cool. You know, I don't know what capacity. I don't know how much he's going to be able to wrestle and take bumps. I mean, he did just have treatments and stuff. I'm sure that affects your ability to take uh, punishment like that. I mean, you know, they are very, 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 very high-impact athletes. So uh, I don't know what his role is going to be. Maybe they can put him as like the ref for WrestleMania 35 versus... Uh, the in the Seth versus Brock Lesnar match, you know, maybe to help ensure that Seth wins, or maybe to ensure a heel turn, Seth wins, and then Roman beats the hell out of him. Who knows? I don't. I don't foresee them doing that again. Roman is that you know super over happy guy. They're not going to now turn him heel, especially on the heels 
of him uh, beating leukemia. So it's really incredible to see him come back, and I support this. It's really great. I also am part of a lot of wrestling groups online, guys. This is something I want to talk about. I'm just going to riff from the cuff. I don't have notes. I don't have uh, thoughts. I don't have anything other than just me and my brains to to dive into this with you guys, you know, because really there's just, uh, here's the deal. There are people on the internet right now in the world who are saying that Roman Reigns' leukemia is a work. And while, in some ways, I wouldn't put that concept past the WWE if I was just gut reacting and not actually thinking about what that means and what that would do if that ever came to light, right? And I, and I want you guys to really, really, that's one of the things you need to focus on when you're talking about this because some people might jump immediately. Oh, of course it's a work. He was not getting over. They Say he has cancer, he goes away, he comes back, everybody's for it. It's a work. No, this is just coincidental timing with real life happening. And somebody who is so driven, I think, by uh, the goal of being on top while he still can, that Roman's not taking anything for granted. So uh, with that being said, it's like, what do I think about these people who are saying it's a work? I think it's really shameful. Because it's like, Roman is gonna, I mean, listen, he's just a dude, man. How miserable do you think he's gonna feel having beat leukemia? He goes online a day after this amazing moment. And while there are lots of people cheering his praises and saying lovely things about him as a performer and the fact that he overcame this and is able to return to wrestling and all these things, there are people out there saying, you faked this, you you." lied to us you did all these things and deceived us just for wrestling how dare you it's despicable man like wwe has a great friendship with the susan g komen foundation i don't think they would will it be willing to sacrifice or like risk losing that because of some fucking petty storyline that's not what they're about roman just wants to come back and if he's in remission and can't fully wrestle let him be on TV in some capacity because he's not going to be visibly still taking on the effects of all the treatments. And he looked, listen, he looked okay. And that's some people's concern too. He was heavily make, make up, up if you looked at the Good Morning America uh, interview he did uh, this morning as I record this. Again, yesterday if you're listening on real time. But uh, that Good Morning America thing, you could tell he's... He's been through it. Like, he doesn't look 100%. They put a lot of makeup on his face to cover discoloration and stuff. He isn't, uh, you know, he, he's he's a strong, crazy, athletic dude. So he's going to do everything he can to claw and fight his way back to being where he wants to be. And I just think it's really unfortunate that internet trolls try to size people up who they think they can take cheap shots at about stuff like this and and do that exact thing, taking cheap shots. I just don't. I don't understand the purpose. It's like, example, if you suffer from a medical condition, I want you to envision someone walking up to you and telling you to your face that's made up, it's not real, and you don't feel the effects of it. It would, first of all, piss you off. It would also hurt your feelings. It would also make you feel very shitty and weird. 
like, wow, why would you say such a terrible thing to somebody? That's just like, are you human? Like, why would you stoop to such a terrible level? So to the people that are saying it's a work, I think you really need to fucking figure yourself out. And I don't like say this because I don't believe in God or shit, but y'all need to find Jesus or some shit because that's crazy that you actually believe they would stoop as low as to, to, to play this one specific card. Like some things, some of the other cards that people are saying, well, they did this. They fucking made Cain fuck corpse. Well, that was a very clear storyline where it was obvious. Like how many times have you seen cameras in a room where there's a dude who's dressed up like Cain going to have sex with a corpse? It's obviously fucking staged, but if you're to the WWE and you've got this guy who's returning and you can just film his return and talk about it, that's a huge celebration moment. It's not meant to fucking derail, man. These people are so sad that they they can't let, and I said this, I said, look, for the most part, when, when, when Roman Reigns returns, it's going to be a big pop. People are going to be all about it, but... I did not expect the assholes to say the crazy shit that's being said on the internet. It's just, uh, to me, I, I, you know, like, what purpose does it serve, really? You know, I, I don't think it serves any. So, good luck to Mr. Uh, Roman Reigns in his quest to get back into the ring full-time. We'll see what this journey entails as we continue on. I doubt he shows up on SmackDown tonight, but again, it's WrestleMania season, so who knows who's going to show up when and where. Maybe we had the return of Kevin Owens. I mean, it's been teased. It has been, in fact, teased that he's coming back soon. So we'll see. Maybe Kevin Owens has come back, and I'm predicting this on a Tuesday before I've actually seen SmackDown. Ah, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. So check it out, guys. Got a little bit more WWE news. We're going to discuss some releases. We're going to talk about what most recently happened on Raw, which leads to our road to WrestleMania. We also need to brief on the card updated for Fastlane. So real quick here, we had some official releases. You guys already knew about Hideo Itami. I broke that news a few weeks ago. However, they have also now released Ty Dillinger and TJP, which is crazy. Ty Dillinger is one of the best workers they had. Charismatic. The 10 thing was over. Like People were into him. And then WWE just did the thing. They just put him in the mid-card and let him sit there. They couldn't, you know, I feel like they need to have a better, like, they need to constantly be doing tournaments in the WWE, almost like the King of the Ring all over again, but, like, more than one a year. Do it, like, four times a year to constantly put people in the spotlight and have them work through and have some people get close. And you can really see, as somebody works through a tournament, who people are going to fall for. Your Cinderella stories of somebody who maybe you didn't think was going to make it that fucking, you know, does. You know, take chances on people. Have your veterans actually lose once in a while. That's my opinion, anyways. So, it's crazy to me that Ty Dillinger's gone. Hideo Itami's gone. Of course, Ty Dillinger asked for his release. Hideo Itami asked for his release. TJP, I don't think, did. But he's your first modern intercontinental champion. He won the Cruiserweight Classic, I'm pretty sure. He beat Brian Kendrick, or maybe it was the other way around. I don't. I don't it's been it's been a hot minute since we talked about that, folks. Uh, again, not a huge fan of the the two hundred five product, but 
these guys are going to obviously find their way over to another company we're going to be talking about here just a little bit. Another person that got released, this one's a little bit more of a shocker because where the wind blows, this person's going to go. You guys, they released Arn Anderson. The WWE thought it was a smart idea to part ways with one of the original Four Horsemen. Apparently, there was some sort of friction between him and Vince, and there were, they didn't like how something at a house show went down, and Vince blamed Arn for the problem and not the actual problem for the problem. Whatever it was, Arn was released. It seems, again, this is another person that would be ripe for the taking if you're an AEW company and you're Tony Khan and you're sizing up names that are moving around right now you think a veteran talent who can help navigate the backstage along with someone like billy gunn who is done and seen it all you know so uh this is very very shocking to me we will have to see where arn ends up if he maybe just calls it uh you know job well done and hangs his boots up all together and doesn't have anything to do with the wrestling industry? I just don't see that though. You can't take you can take the man out of wrestling, but you can't take the wrestling out the man. I mean that's a fact. So let's look at this updated card for Fastlane. What matches we currently have? Because right now there are only three announced, but we'll talk about them. There's we've got the rematch: the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso versus the Miz and Shane, Miz Money, for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Maybe we're setting up a Shane Miz match for WrestleMania. Who knows? Uh, Daniel Bryan, your Empire champion, versus Kofi Kingston in a singles match. Now, don't expect, I hate to say this, don't expect Kofi to win that match. Uh, if they put him over, it would be amazing, but I expect some shenanigans to cause him to lose, which will put him into whatever Daniel Bryan match ends up happening for WrestleMania. We'll have to see where that goes, actually. And the first match from Raw, officially announced, is the Boss and Hug Connection. That's Bailey and Sasha as champs versus Nia Jax and Tamina, who have uh, enacted a rematch clause, I guess, for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. So right now, Fastlane's starting to shape up here. We're only a couple weeks away. It's going to be happening the day before I go see Metallica. That's fucking awesome. In Cleveland, that's cool. Um, wild. Neat. So I'm uh, looking forward to Fastlane, folks. Hopefully you are, too. Let's talk about what happened this week on Raw as... Okay, so some stuff happened on Raw. I talked about Roman's return, the leukemia thing, and that was a big first-hour thing. Kind of going into the second hour, Becky... Or not Becky, I fucked up. Ronda was facing Ruby Riot again and that whole thing. Becky came out. Started whipping ass on people. Natalia was out there. Uh, Becky and Rhonda kind of traded blows. Security got in the way. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They took a they arrested Becky Lynch. She what she went she was going she was playing Stone Cold Steve Austin again and going to jail. She's got the handcuffs on and everything. So building it up, building it up, building it up. It's a powder keg about to explode. Rhonda Rousey demands answers she wants becky lynch out comes stephanie mcmahon you can't have it that way becky is suspended as you know my dad suspended her uh so what does that mean that means that you're gonna face charlotte at wrestlemania and you have no choice and 
Ronda Rousey's like, man, see, that's where you're wrong. I'm Ronda Rousey. I do have a choice because I'm not everybody else, and I'm your Raw Women's Champion. Well, I was, and she lays the title down, essentially vacating, possibly. Um, Maybe she was just doing it as a position of protest. Who knows? But she's essentially saying that the fans and everybody want Becky Lynch to be a part of this match. Just make the damn match happen. Of course, this is all part of their beautiful game plan because they've got everybody excited and talking about it. We're all buzzing about, is Becky going to be in the match? She's not going to be in the match. How are you going to incorporate her in the match? Is Charlotte Has Charlotte been introduced into this match just so she can take the pinfall for Becky? Like, all these different wrestling angles that they know the fans are thinking about. I mean, they know the smart marks, I guess, is what they want to say, are thinking about. We're going to fuck gonna the sodomites in the... I went to a Blake Shelton concert last week. So sorry. So I won't I won't go super in depth with the concert because the the musical performances were actually really good. That's good. Um, Blake Shelton played kind of his whole catalog, which if you go classic Blake Shelton, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, who doesn't love to fucking jam out to Old Red? That's all. That's Blake Shelton. Yeah, that's Blake Shelton. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So he, he, he went through his whole catalog. What pissed me off about the concert was a multitude of things. But to start, uh, the concert started at 7. It was at Banker's Life. I still call it Conseco Fieldhouse. Um, but we got there, and we didn't have time to eat dinner between getting home, showering, getting Ruby ready to, to depot her somewhere, and get on the road. So I said, well, we'll just we'll eat somewhere downtown Indy, and, I mean, like, half the businesses were so packed you couldn't get in them. The other half were, like, closed for, like, random reasons. Like, uh, someone put a bomb in the toilet or whatever. I mean, just dumb shit. Uh, so I said, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just get in there. We'll get our tickets scanned. We'll hit a fucking concession stand. We'll get some drinks. You know, I've been, like, teetering on the edge of insanity for, like, the last three weeks. So I was like, man, after fighting the drive down there, down there, which wasn't terrible, I could really use a beer. So I got a popcorn, which typical you classic. Know, you know how I love my popcorn. That's, that's standard. Um, I got a pop, a regular sized popcorn. I didn't get the souvenir bucket because it's unnecessary. Uh, a pretzel, a soft pretzel, a hot dog for Skylar, and a beer. Just to. Standard Miller Lite. It's the best they had. 20, I understand. $27. Okay. Skylar paid $10 for a mixed drink. So we're in at $37, and all of it was awful. So my beer tasted like I licked the bottom of my foot and then threw up on it. Um, and that's not me even being a beer snob. Yeah. That's just the beer <laughs> being awful. Yeah. And I, I've never I liked Miller. I typically don't mind. The only uh, like standard light beer that I don't, that I absolutely don't care for, is Bud Light. I just can't drink it. Fucking Natty Light. Throw some Natty Ice my way. 
Miller Lite, Coors Light. I could drink it, but it was just bad. I can do Bud Light. So we get to our seats, and they're decent seats. They're on the balcony. Um, I surprised my wife with these tickets for Christmas. Had she, had I have kept her in the loop about them, I could have got um, tickets in the Creek Devault level, which is you know basically right above ground level. And they're like really nice chairs and there's space and there's a bar right there and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. for like $10 more than I paid for the tickets that I bought. So we sit down and here's where it starts to get good. There's a 12-year-old girl and her family directly in front of me. There's a 9-year-old girl and her family directly in front of me at the end of the aisle to my left. Okay, we're really close to the aisle. To my wife's left is a fan or is a uh, trio of sisters, all probably in their late thirties, early forties. Uh huh. And to my right is a man, probably six five, hundred and seventy five pounds, and his entourage. Okay. So seven o'clock, the lights go down. The concert starts immediately. Opening act. Um, it's some girl, Lauren something, who's who did a song with Kane Brown, which oh is boy. apparently really popular. Oh, probably What If or whatever. Yeah. Miranda loves it. Yep. Um, I fucking hate Kane Brown. I'm not a big fan. Um, if he was in this room, I would put my kneecap in his ass. Yeah, like, I'm not a big fan of, like, stereo- like stereotyping, like, what a certain genre like the attire for a certain genre, but he does not. Look, sorry, you don't look country, bro. <laughs> like well, it's so anyway, weird to say that. Like you just, you just. Like I hate to be that guy that's like he doesn't fucking even... Michael Strahan teeth. That bothers me. <laughs> I could put my foot through his two front teeth, and that really wears. Me He's out. got neck tattoos. That bothers me. Yeah. Now yeah, I'm not like, a neck tattoo guy. I'm not either. Um. So, I've got the entourage squad to my right. And the first time concert families right in front of me. So I'm in for a doozy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you are. The moment this concert starts, the opening act is mediocre. Um, she sang a couple Journey songs, which were probably the best ones that she did. Because she actually did have a nice sounding voice. And uh 12-year-old girl directly in front of me, all, I mean, she's dressed to the nines. Like, she is pumped for her first concert. And her family's really cool. But she's got a digital camera from probably 2010, <laughs> like uh, um, like a f- whatever the Pixma was. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. Um, she had the flash turned on. Video alternated between videotaping the concert from start to finish and taking flash photography every 15 seconds. Was the flash on for the video? Yes. I, I people do that with their cell phones sometimes. And it's just like this, the, the light's just on. Yep. And it's just like, are you out of your mind? Yep. It, like, what is going through your head that you think that is appropriate and or okay? At, now, <clears throat> granted, she had no one in front of her because she was right on the balcony. Oh, that's that's good. So it's better. Yeah. That's, but I am at an angle just perfectly where every time she takes a picture, it blinds the fuck out of me. Yeah. So we'll get back to that in a minute. Nine-year-old girl to my left dances the entire concert, like, 
like SpongeBob waving her arm dances the entire concert. She is having a good time. All about it. Do your thing, girl. Just don't fall over and die. Like, <laughs> yes. do your thing. Um, her dad, super creepy dude, his head was like this the entire concert, staring at two attractive young girls to my right. Yeah. Um, who were getting trashed the whole concert. Stared at them the entire concert. Looked at the stage twice. Wow. I wow. <laughs> I was so miserable, I focused more on the people around me than I did what was going on down in the venue. Skylar says, please do the dance. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll do the dance. He's doing the dance, folks. We are in for a treat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that the bring it around town? <laughs> no. Oh, it it, it just was what... just the back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I would have appreciated some bringing around town, and it was nothing that but back was, and forth. That was incredible, um, and I really I really thank you for that. So, Trashed Girls were getting beers like every other song, uh-huh. and it was pissing that family off, and Creeper Dad was staring at them the whole time. I don't give a shit. Drink, fall over the balcony. I don't care. That's on you. I just don't want the kid to die. So, now I'm on to Entourage to my right. Big 6'5", dude. I made observations so i noticed his legs were really long just to compare how long his legs were to mine i oriented myself so we were identical in our seats and his fucking knee was like eight to nine inches out from my (laughs) knee i mean this fucker was like a uh like a fucking praying mantis skylar says nailed it (laughs) Uh, he was in my seat the entire fucking show like he didn't have his arm around me he had his fucking arm, like, up on the fucking seat. What the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know. What God. the fuck? And I was like, man, I'm going to have to box this man out. I'm going to have to go hard in the fucking paint of this seat right here and box this man out. Did you manspread? So here's what I did. I tried to manspread. Yeah. His legs were too long. I, I, had, I had all the leverage, but he had just overall length. Yeah. So when he fucking spread... His knee was in between my fucking legs. Okay, so here's what I did. (laughs) I took each of my boots and I tucked them underneath the cup holders to my left and to my right. I went, and then I fucking spread my legs so he couldn't. I was locked in. I was dug in like an Alabama tick. He wasn't getting (laughs) me out of there. I fucking exercised my heritage and I fucking took back my seat. So very nice. So the concert goes. Uh, there was a forty-minute waiting period between the opening act and when the rest of the concert started. Pretty mad about that. I've never been to a concert where an opening act comes out and then I have to wait forty minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. For anything, it's else. usually half hour. Forty-five minutes of, uh, like, Britney Spears oh. and Madonna, um, little Madonna Rama. It was awful. And <clears throat> I hear you, Brando. We'll get there. We leave. Scholar and I leave like during the last song, kind of the encore. And we're going down the escalator. Skylar is standing behind me on the stairs or on the escalator. And I hear And I turn around and look, a fucking woman had a stroke. On the fucking escalator, <laughs> fell like a fucking board or a tree in the forest, 
hit her face and slid about six steps. <laughs> People are screaming. It's pandemonium. And I'm like, man, I got to go do something. <laughs> so somebody hit the e-stop on the escalator. So I'm casually walking up the escalator. I'm not running. I'm not going to endanger myself. Those fucking escalators will kill you. Yeah. I've watched those videos on YouTube. You watch that video of the Chinese lady yeah, just getting fucking getting just in. eaten by it. Yeah. So, just to sit and she just saved her child and now like that child's gonna live with that forever. Yeah. I, I watched my mammy get eaten by the metal stairs. Anyway. Um The so, monsters within. <laughs> so I'm plodding up the stairs and I just about get to this lady, and a couple people met her at the same time as me. We're trying to get her up, and some guy, some random Normal dude walks up in regular clothes and is like, hey, man, get out of my way. I got this. And I I like, I whipped around and I looked at this guy because, number one, he put his hands on me. If you're a fucking stranger, don't put your hands on other strangers in fucking public. Because a couple things is going to happen. Nothing. They're going to, you know, brush it off. You're going to get your fucking ass beat in public in front of a lot of people. <laughs> Or you're going to get stabbed and die in front of a lot of people. Yeah. So let's go through um, risk assessments here and just not put our hands on people. Okay? Um, so I turn around and he looks at me. We make eye contact. He's like, just get out of the way, bro. And I said, you know, and I said this out loud. I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm Audi 5 fucking thousand. And then I stomped down the escalator. I wish that whole fucking escalator would have collapsed. <laughs> so then we leave. And then I almost got ran off the road by a semi. So it was an awful experience. My wife had a great time. I'm happy that she had a great time. That's why I went. But I would never, ever fucking go to another one. Fantastic. That's all I have to say about that. Fantastic. It was awful. It's fucking awful. That sucks, man. I was going to say, how, how was Blake Shelton? Blake uh, Shelton was good. Yeah. Um, Who else played? Uh, Trace Adkins was oh, fantastic. nice. Um, there was a couple other guys. The Bellamy Brothers were fantastic. Don't know them. Uh, they're classic, classic country. They're all, I mean, they're old enough to be Blake Shelton's dad. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just, the performances, other than the opening act, were all fucking stellar. When Trace Adkins came out and did fucking honky tonk, but donka donk, you damn well know I was oh, I about my seat, fucking cutting a rug. I hate that to song. Honky tonk, but donka donk. Ugh. I I call that song the downfall of modern country. That's fine. <laughs> but Trace Adkins is number one, an enormous man, has one of the sexiest voices in the history of speech. <laughs> and let's just say that not only was I hard. But I was cutting the rook. I was hitting that thing. Very nice. And that's I, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, <laughs> but I did it. So before we get into any real topics, and this is could even be a topic, who knows? But uh, so, <laughs> I, and, and yesterday I was on I was online. We were very shorthanded, so I just I had to put myself online. I, I I positioned myself in Quality Gate so I could still uh, sneak Fuck away. Off. Yeah, I wouldn't say fuck off, but I could sneak away and answer lights. uh, Okay. And then just stand there in between TR8s or 
Ascents. Subaru Ascents. Are they calling them Ascents now? Or are they no, still TRAs? No, they're, they're TRAs, but okay. for the for the common folk. Okay. The their their actual their slave name is the <laughs> is the Ascent. Their barcode. <laughs> their their um, number their number. You're listening to the voice of survival podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. It's not as hard as you think, kids, to do this. Y'all, some of y'all out there know how easy it is now. It's not easy to do it, but it's easy to get into it, doing the voiceover stuff. It involves and entails a lot of reading aloud. If you're a bit of a class clown, you could fit right in to this business. Uh, I'm not just, I'm not saying that go pull pranks on somebody or nothing like that. I'm just <laughs> saying that uh, do some improv, go to some improv classes. Not necessarily theater, but hang around theater people. Okay. You know, some of the improv skits and participate because it's top of your head. A lot of this stuff comes right off the cuff. You know what I'm saying? They'll, they'll throw a script in front of you nine times out of ten that you've never seen in your life. and say, go, we want the character to sound like this. And you don't have time to come up with nothing but the voice. You know what I'm saying? You can reference. Sometimes you get a reference to what somebody sends you. They send you a reference, and you go from there. Most of the time, you don't get a reference. You know, you just have to. Like Frylock, man, I, I tell you how I did it for that. I, I moved here in '93. Let me fast forward my life a little bit there. Yeah, I started singing in the choir when I was in high school. You got on TV and stuff like that. I wasn't singing the church choir though. Growing up in St. Louis, my mother begged me. To sing in the church choir, like that's for square, that's for nerds, that's what I was saying to myself. But I was a huge <laughs> ass nerd, I just didn't realize it because I was reading all those comic books, like the first Secret Wars that came out, yeah, and all that. That's what Spider Man got the symbiote suit. Heck yeah, that's a lot of people don't realize. They think they think it came from a meteorite. No, it didn't. It came from another planet. True, but Secret Wars number it. eight, baby, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This and then there was a suit. I think Mike Zek did the cover. I saw some blurb somewhere where he's going to be at some kind. Yeah, that that's Mike Zek's art. Mike Zek did a hell of a cover, too, with Captain America. I think it was Zek. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he had an Uzi. And he was just spraying. Oh, yeah, I remember Uzi. that cover. I used that cover as an art project. Really? When I was in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had we had to do a shading, pencil shading project. Yeah, I was a commercial art major in college. See, I'm mousing all around here. So maybe you can edit this together later. <laughs> it's okay. Let the, we let the conversation flow naturally. So we'll get. I was to... I was a commercial art major in college, right? So I don't know if you see my posts on Facebook where I post sometimes original pieces of artwork that I've done, Aqua Teen theme stuff. Yes, I have actually. Um, the last the last one had the Aqua Teens. Everybody had like a joint or a blunt in their mouths or something like that. That went out to my boy Gert B. Frobe. I love it. That was awesome. That was actually his. He he wanted he wanted the marijuana themed. Aqua Teen uh, poster, so. <laughs> you said sure thing. Let me accommodate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He paid his hard-earned money for it, so, you know. Which, by the way, if somebody wants to order something from me, check me out on Messenger and Facebook. I just added a new photo or two, some new pics. One is Carl with the Aqua Teens in the pool. He's standing by the pool. Probably about to say, get the hell out of my pool. <laughs> But, you know, I started off doing bumps, what they call 
uh, just sound bites for uh, different shows on Cartoon Network. I, I managed to come out. Funny story, how I got my agent. I was doing plays. I was doing theater here. I did a lot of theater here when I first came to Atlanta. I came here in 93 from St. Louis right after I graduated from college. I spent about a year and a half bopping around St. Louis doing a little theater here, a little theater there, and just trying to see what I'm going to do next. And my buddy talked me into moving to Atlanta. He got everything here means, you know, that year the Super Bowl was coming here too. Yeah, I moved here. Wow, that's cool. But the Falcons were playing in that one. The Falcons played in that one and lost. But, yeah. Yeah, that year I moved here, man, and started doing musical theater and theater and theater, theater, theater. My first autograph I signed, I played a, a, a Walter the Loose Goose. It was like some other goose tales we put music to. And, you know, have you ever seen these troops that go through these elementary schools and sometimes high schools? Yeah. And do like a 15-minute show uh, just for the kids. From other, I don't know why they booked high school. That was always awkward. Yeah, because the high schoolers whenever, are a hard Whenever sell. we went to the high school kids, they'd just be sitting there like, okay, this is for kids. And I'm sitting there like, yes, it is. But they would sit there and watch it. But you know what I'm saying? But it was, it was crazy. First autograph I had when I was doing that show, some little kid came up to me with his father. I was like, can I get your autograph? I was like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> you know, it was cool. That's, but, you know, that's it was, wild. And I've I've done the Rent Fair, the Renaissance Festival. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. Yes, absolutely. Bristol's not well, too far from here. So. Talk like Thor. They all talk like Thor. Thee, thou, and thus, fair maiden, I shall save you from the dragon. And you drink mead, or whatever. Mead. Well, they must have had hard cider. Yeah. That was that was the one that was for me. They had some type of hard cider on tap. At the end of the day, you do the dirty pub scene with Naughty Nelly Peach Bottom. She know who she is. If she hears this, <laughs> she didn't have a peach bottom too. It was George Gale. Oh wow! Nice. But I didn't get no. I didn't get friendly with her or nothing like that. I, I was focused on the mission. Being so rich and do good, the most cheapest man in all the land. That was my role. I stole that from an old ham director I had back in St. Louis. Uh, and he uh, was from the west side of Chicago, six foot five, African American male. And he talked like this, Kenny. Give me more feeling with that. Devil Maximilian Robinson. Yeah, yeah, every day, every day, all day, twice on Sunday. So I took that persona and ran around the rent fair here in Atlanta with that back in '95. Then I started, you know, uh, like I said, when I was doing theater, this girl kept coming late to rehearsals. It's like I just came from an audition. Uh, my agent booked me for this, and I was like, "Who's your agent?" So she hooked me up with a pretty decent agent. Rona Burns is her name. She's semi-retired now. But, you know, if you Google her, she might respond. She might be taking on new talent. I don't know. Burns Agency out of uh, North Carolina. That was a great but soft anyway. plug. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soft plug. That's 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 the only thing soft on me is those plugs. <laughs> but anyway, so I started doing bumps for Pokemon. Dragon Ball Z, I think I was the person that told everybody about Goku's death the first time Goku died. I think Goku, Goku died a couple times. Anyway, I was doing Samurai Jack announcements. I was the announcer for the first incarnation of Samurai Jack. On the next Samurai Jack, Jack gets into the soul, that and the other. Tune in. That was me doing those, if you remember, the first time Samurai Jack came around. Yeah, that's... I was doing, I was doing the announcing for it, for the show. 
anyway, some production assistant, at least at the time he was a production assistant, heard me doing these, uh, you know, bumps and announcements. Samurai Jackson ran a Matt Malero and Dave Willis, the co-creators of Aquatine. He was like, get here, this Kerry Means guy. He'd be perfect for this show that you're doing about these food products, this box of fries you want to cast and all that. So I was working for a market research firm in uh, the northern part of Atlanta, Sandy Springs, called Booth Research. I can say the name now because it's defunct, no longer ah. in effect, no longer active business. But we laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff that we use and do now, like cell phones and uh, cable. We did a survey. I remember we did a cable survey. It lasted. It could last up to an hour. And I would tell people, you know, we're going to put your name in a hat for a drawing of $500 if you participate. And most of them would say, yeah, it was really crazy. So, you know, questions would be like, what, what would you uh, think if you could fast forward, rewind, pause live television in a few years? Think you'd ever do that? Do you think in 10 years they want to have a cell phone? Highly likely, somewhat likely, like so you can imagine I got hung up on a lot. Yeah, people, you know, people were having their dinner. Yeah. But just those questions alone, you know, we're doing that. Everybody has a cell phone now. You can pause, fast forward, and rewind live TV now. And we were laying the groundwork for this stuff back then. We were doing the surveys, like, you know, uh, what's that other one? A Gallup polls. It was like that. It was just questions. And if the, people the job were responding, was pretty key. gave you actual responses. You yeah, that's that's back that's back when the when the, when the uh, Monica Lewinsky thing was going on. Oh, and the OJ trial. That's why I was working for that market research firm. I worked there for like seven years. Oh, excellent! And, and, and they it, fired me, and I couldn't get my unemployment from good old Georgia. Well, that's rude. I was like, wow, you work for seven years, you get, can't even get a pity check every week. You know what I'm saying? It's like what, they blocked me, but. I learned a lot and I auditioned for Frylock in the break room. Back in the day, kids, there was these things called fax machines. They made a funny noise. <laughs> what the internet used and to sound like. Digital stuff used to come over the phone. And, yeah, that's why I got the rabbi script. Fax machine. It boosts research. And I'm in the break room going, no, people, I don't get the jam box. And I'm like, what is this crap? I'm not going to get this guy. You know, I'm not getting this gig. It came down to me and one other guy, and the other guy was too droll, too boring, too dull to become Frylock. And so I became the floating box of French fries with laser beam eyes, Jack. That's that's. And crazy. the rest, as they say, is history. And then I was doing Thunderclays around the same time. It's when they find out, when they find out I was classically trained, you know Shakespeare and all that. Doing, I sang with the Atlanta Opera Chorus, the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Chorus, respectively, here in Atlanta. Been on the Fox Theater stage a few times. So I've been around the, you know, performance circuit here in the city. And it's it, that's what prepared me for doing the voiceover thing, really. It's, uh, a, it's just a, being on stage, being on stage and singing and performing in front of a live audience. Nothing like, it's the biggest rush, it's the biggest drug for me. I need to get back into doing some theater because it's, it's so gratifying. It just doesn't pay much unless you're on Broadway or off-Broadway or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But here, it doesn't really justify the means. Now, back then, back in, when I was in my 20s and stuff, I was running around 
doing all those plays in those schools and stuff. Yeah, that was fun. 20s and 30s. And I'm, I'm an old man. No, I can't be running, running all over the place. Unless you pay me some Hollywood money, I can <laughs> do my own stunts like Tom Cruise and John Wick. Oh, you know, they you in their 50s. They still doing it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know, this is 50 is the new 40, 30. It seems, it seems to be the case. I mean, people seem to be getting younger. I was going to ask you, though, you were talking about doing musical theater and whatnot. One thing I know that I looked up and I, and I want to discuss it, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about it. You did South Pacific. With Robert Goulet. Oh, how was that experience? And Paige O'Hara. Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle from the original Disney adaption of Beauty and the Beast. What was that experience like for you? She was quite taken with my voice. And uh, at the time, I only had a little rinky-dink cassette demo uh, for voiceover. Because it was it was the 90s, man. Yeah, you had to do it. On Voice, the- voiceover stuff was not happening here much at all. Or anywhere really at the time, except for LA. You know what I'm saying? And it's still a place to be. Now they've branched out to Texas doing a lot of video game stuff out there and stuff. But then, at that time, you know, she was quite taken with my voice. And this is just like, you know, the voice of Belle from Beauty and the Beast cartoon. It's like, wants to hear more of me. So I sent her a little rinky dink garbage. Oh, man. It was, if I heard it now, I'd be so embarrassed. I don't know why they didn't call me. Where have I sit to? <laughs> yeah, but you got to start somewhere. I mean. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Well, you know, some of the greatest comedians have bombed, and they'll tell you when and where. You know, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Did you know that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I love that you brought up him, Jay. He's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. So. Uh, uh, yeah, Jordan's story is incredible. Not worthy to play basketball. Goes to North Carolina. Becomes... A machine. What's, what's incredible? What's incredible is this teammate who was trying to uh, protest during the Rodney King trials and Jordan at, at the finals. And Jordan and Magic was like, uh-uh. he was like, come on, man. Magic was like, it's too extreme. And Jordan was like, she crazy. I have to give up my shoe deal. <laughs> it was, man. It was, it was during the Rodney King. I can't remember the guy's name. He was like the second highest scorer on the team right behind Jordan. He's like mastered the three-point shot. Oh, was that uh, B.J. Armstrong, maybe? I think so, something like that. But they got rid of him, man, because of that shit. Man. They got rid of him shortly after he was trying to, like, you know, do a Colin Kaepernick before Colin Kaepernick was doing the Colin Kaepernick, basically. Well said, yeah. You know, that goes back to the Olympics where they put the power fist gloves on and, you know, when they won the gold in the track and field. They were, they were protesting injustice then. You know what I'm saying? This ain't nothing new. I don't know why people are flipping out saying this is some new shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, um, it's, I think. And then people... Big Boy ought to be shot for coming on with that old nasty ass 16 bars of that garbage ass song. I like the way you move and Sleepy Brown up there for 30 seconds. I'm like. It wasn't very good. I love Big Boy. I don't mean to diss him. He's an AT alien. I live in Atlanta. He's cool. He's got a little solo album. He could have done something from that, but it was basically the Maroon 5 show with guest stars. Big boy and that other boy, whoever the fuck he Yeah, was. I didn't know who the other guy was either. I don't know. I guess I'm out of the loop. There's too many mumble rappers around. Yes, another topic we could... But do the what? And it's be the same line over and over. I'm like, okay, that's innovative. 
That's original. Whatever happened to lyricism? It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Uh, I feel like we haven't had a beer yet. I know. Cameron Gore, welcome. All right. I am wrecked. Why don't you reach in the fridge there and grab the, I think it's orange. Mystery beer. No, the one on the far right. On the top. That one there. Yeah. This first one is from Flat 12 Beer Works. This is a tangerine cream shake. Ooh. It's a... it says Trading Paint. Maybe that's the name of it. I'm not terribly sure. It's like a racing thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sure looks like it. Right. Pretty sure. I'm saying that like I don't know. Named after Pretty the sure innovative Flathead 12 cylinder engine of the early 1900s, Flat 12 honors the sport of racing featured at the famed Yard of Bricks. When crafting artisan flavors, Flat 12 fosters the same competitive spirit and ingenuity as those prominent personalities who race the oval. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's pop this guy open and get to work. Yes. Yes, Queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Andy Ace, welcome to the fracas. Hello, Cameron. Bring them cups. Oh, now you messed up the order. Oh, you fool. We know. Fool of a two. What do you think about this uh, upcoming Tolkien biopic? Oh, I'm super, super 12-year-old boy ecstatic over it. My goodness. What does that mean? (laughs) You read read Lord of the Rings when you were 12? Yeah, actually. Right right about 12, 13. Cool. I don't think my little brain could take it. I tried to read it. And... Well, I read The Hobbit when I was like 12 or 13, and then probably like five years later read the the first one and then read the series. I, I, yeah, I read The Hobbit. I read The Hobbit. The Hobbit was, was definitely sacred. easier, in my opinion, to read. Still took me a minute. I think I was about 27 when I read them. <laughs> Good. Late to the game, but still there. Thank you. All right. So... Without further ado, let's jump in to the Tangerine Cream Shake Trading Paint from Flat 12. Oh, cheers, boys. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I like that. Refreshing, almost. It is refreshing. None of that shit is easy to read. Okay. (laughs) I found it being... uh, I I often had trouble uh, staying awake. Yeah. That was my issue. Maybe it's because I'm so old. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah, I I certainly like the stuff, though. I'm trying to... Form an opinion. Oh, no, I'm having a hard time. I'm kind of on the fence. On the beer or on the on Lord the of the Rings trilogy? Are you? <laughs> oh, Lord of the Rings? No, 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 no. Are you offended by this beer? No. Oh, you should be. Oh, oh. I don't know. <laughs> what did this beer ever do to me? There's some long-standing grudge with my family and uh, this, this, this brew. It happens that way sometimes. I mean, you got to start one sometime. 
what have I done? Came here for a drink and a podcast, and next thing I know, I'm stepping into an age-old family feud, apparently. Welcome to the Ring of Fire. I'm your host, Nick Maxson. <laughs> Prepare to get roasted. I'm going to cook you with one slap. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love it. That's, that's uh, something. That's what my life has come to. It's basically just memes. <laughs> my, my life is memes. <laughs> my life has resorted to... Uh, we'll send back and forth pictures of like... Where you, you just take a picture and zoom in on the faces, and the faces look sillier because they're zoomed in. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been That's doing good. a lot of that lately. <laughs> I've got a really good one that I can't show you because my phone's over there. It's a good picture, yeah. though. Can we go grab it for you? Your phone? No. Oh. It's recording us. Yeah. Hello? Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. But did you? Even if I didn't, I do now. <laughs> Ryan Strothma. Oh my. Captain Strawsome. Welcome. Thoughts on the Jesse Smollett situation? Goodness. I'm not sure what. I don't know much about there's, it. There's There are too many thoughts about it already. Yeah. Can't say I know what the situation is. I guess I, guess I could just stick with if, if you're faking. If you're faking. Crimes and stuff That's probably not a good thing And Especially if you're doing it for some I don't think it was a political purpose I don't know though See right I don't know I don't want to talk about it's it It's certainly become political now Yeah mm-hmm. The Fox News that is always on at my job Is making it very political I must mm-hmm. say that High straws Bross Stop Bross Bross Brian Strasmo was in here A couple days ago For Brews with Bands Episode 1 Oh yeah Yep can't hear shit, by the way. Huh. Is it because of where you are? Yeah. Are you on mute? <laughs> Ooh, you wrote a check. Good point. Huh. Poorly executed. Uh. That's very dumb. <laughs> Quite dumb. Not the best PR stunt. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Can't hear shit, by the Oof. way. What are you talking about, Ryan? I think, he's, I think he says he can't hear I us. think he's in a crowded bar. Oh. oh, no. I think. What the? Leave us alone, then. P- put your ear AirPods in, bro. Yep. Did you get the new black ones? That's a low, bro. All right, I don't know. Low, low, let's blow the belt. Low, I'm low, for. low, low, bro. Things you don't bring up. Low, your bro. Mother, <clears throat> AirPods. Why? It sounded good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just go with it. Just taking a bank of words and taking out phrases. <laughs> that could be your shtick, Zach. <laughs> just oh, you're a little quiet. Little That's quiet. It. Hmm. Sorry, everyone. I guess we could try to scooch in. <laughs> we could try that. Is this? Is this? Or you could just turn it up. All right. Maybe we need to try to talk a little bit louder. I guess we can try that. Talk <laughs> just a little more animated. A little bit for the folks on Facebook. This one goes out to you. This, is this? This is going to ruin the recording now, though. Just keep it a little oh. further from your face. <laughs> <laughs> 
Add Carl's. He's blaring Sun O. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fix it in post. Yep, it'll be fine. (laughs) Tell Carl I said hi. Hi, Carl. If you guys want to turn the music down, we do a quick call in. That'd be fun. We haven't done a call in in a while. That'd be kind of entertaining. Uh, That'd be fun. We haven't done it in a minute. My phone's over there again, remember? So. So call Nick. God damn it. Right. No. No, it's you. No. Fuck. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, We ready for the next beer? Yes. I believe we are. What is the next beer? We've got a coffee brown and a peanut butter porter. Mmm. Let's see the brown. Brown? I think. Me thinks. Me sings. Hazelnut coffee. Ooh, that sounds yummy. Now we're talking. It's going to be a trip. Downtown Tinker Brown. Tinker Brown. Zibby. Hey. Hello. <laughs> well, hi. I like that the the sign is giving me a glow. Well, we've got a natural glow already, too. Thank you. You're so sweet. I know. That one matches my shirt. What? What? Nothing at all. Is that peanut butter porter from Wild Ride? Nope. This is all. These two are from Flat Twelve, who uh, just got acquired by Books and Brews. Wow. Um, So I went to Books and Brews, and this is, and I bought some of Flat Twelve stuff. You guys super (laughs) ugly. Zuby says wow. (laughs) Yeah, we know. Thanks. How fucking rude. God. We're very honest with each other. It's the best policy. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, well, well, well. That's a funny way of saying hi. <laughs> Just Can you get a mic that you can somehow pour the beer through? Ooh. I love be, boring sounds. That'd be pretty entertaining. Like a filter. You lose me. Lost. <laughs> the cup's almost full, Pila. I would like my cup to runneth over, please. <laughs> I won't deprive you again. All right, so this one, it's a hazelnut oh, coffee boy. brown ale. He's talking about, thinks um, that he's still talking about you. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Downtown Tinker Brown. Looks like T- mm. Tinker Coffee Company. Provided That's a nice here. smell to it. Let's see what we got here. Downtown Tinker Brown is a collaboration with local roaster Tinker Coffee Company. This coffee brown ale with milk sugar is brewed with the highest quality single origin Colombian coffee beans. A bold aroma with subtle notes of honey and spice complement the chocolate malt. I'm sold. I'm pretty sold too. <clears throat> cool. In case you it guys smells. Can't see it. it looks like this. It smells I'll it, nice. I'll, I'll get it a little closer for you. <laughs> All right. Hope you saw it. You can pause it. <laughs> <laughs> frame by frame that shit. Yep. All right. Number two. Let's dive on it. Uh, number two. Hey, oh. <laughs> and it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it smells lovely. Oh, yeah. That might be a winner. That's really good. 
Tasty. That has a little bit of uh, the coffee's not it, the bitterness of coffee, as opposed to like a hop bitterness. Sure. That's taste, really good. Taste the hazelnut as well, like on the back end. But it's not too much. Right. Just right. Cheers to you. Cheers, Evan. Evan Brown. Hello, Corbin. Corbin. Welcome to the fracas. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Again, this is pretty good. Head. No, I like this. I feel like uh, the last English, it was like English brown that I had, I really, really enjoyed from Taze, if I'm not mistaken. What was it? That English <laughs> brown ale or English strong ale? Nick knows a guy. They've had both of those. So, it, it checks. Yes. Checks out. AJ. Nick, go grab that jar we got open the other night and drink that. I put uh, coffee beans in some, I believe it's whiskey. Oh, shit. It's been sitting for like eight months. Ooh. I'll grab it so everyone can smell it. <laughs> After this, because we'll have to rinse our cups out anyway. Yeah. Are we just smelling it? Oh, we're not drinking it. No. You can take a sip if you want. I, I guess it's technically just whiskey that's got coffee flavor. I'm kind of curious, just to... Coffee shots? Yeah. Daniel Favors, welcome What's to up? the fracas. Hello, Dan. This is a really tasty brew here. We got... What is it again? Hazelnut coffee? Yes. Brown. Brown. Ale. Brown. Brown ale. It's brown. It's brown. Brown town. Mm, oh, yeah. Hey, AJ, how's it going? Oh, hey. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I, like the I believe this is going to end up being episode 71. We're moving right along. We've got a couple fun things planned for uh, episode 75 and episode 100. I'm not going to say anything about it yet. Not just yet. Tease. I'm a teaser. Oh. Never a pleaser. <clears throat> also been told. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, why is that so close, uh, hit so close to home? Anyway, we got new Easter shirts in. <laughs> I it's saw an Easter that. shirt. It's our Easter shirt. There's also a St. Patrick shirt. We also got a St. Patrick shirt. Wow. Yeah. It's green. Isn't it lovely? What's, uh, Alikes. Alikes. dare I ask what that other color was for? The red? Shh. Yeah, the red. It's a tote bag. Oh, tote bags. Very hot right now. Oh, they're so <laughs> in. Tote bags are in. Join us in a new podcasting adventure where we will journey far and wide to worlds, planets, territories, Dungeons. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And this is Dungeons with Dudes. So, uh, our uh, Dungeon Master, Dave Master, DM. Dave Master. Dave Master. He came up with himself, but I'm trying to make it a thing. (laughs) Please. All right, I'll take it. Because it's good. What's your name for the show? (laughs) All right, Uh, as the Dave Master. Master. Dave Master, take us away. All right, so all of you... I've just recently started traveling together. We'll say about about two weeks. 
So you kind of know each other. So if you guys want to go around now and inter- introduce yourselves and maybe listen to what we're talking about. All right. Austin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't expect to me to listen to everything. Listen. <laughs> if you guys would go around and uh, introduce yourselves and maybe how you guys know each other-ish. You know, like, I don't know any of you. You've been traveling for two weeks if you listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Well, we got it. Yeah. I'm Mr. Cohen Toscobble. I am a halfling. Uh, I also consider myself a ranger. I like being out in the woods. Um, I, I, all these men are very big. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a mere three and a half. Not I'm so sorry. Uh, what were you saying about men there, boy? <laughs> oh, I am 97 years joke? old. Thank you very much. <laughs> you making fun of me? Uh, I'm in the prime of my life. <laughs> still Traveling confu- the world. Still confused about dwarf man lady. <laughs> I'm working on it. If you think I'm manly, you should see Greetings. my daughter. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not starting off with an accent already. How's it going, guys? Uh, my name is Agrathon Holderheck. You guys can just call me <laughs> Agrathon Holderheck. You can just call me Ag. It's okay. Ah! <laughs> just ah, Ag. Uh, I am a dwarven monk. Uh, basically, uh, I was put into a bad spot, stole from a merchant. Merchant responded by completely decimating my entire village, so I ran to a monastery, and I'm here to enact my revenge when I'm strong enough on Mr. Grigglewitz. Grigglewitz. <laughs> The name's Garta Anvilsong. I'm a cleric of Silverbeard. I'm a mother of two. <laughs> it's too good. My husband, Bruth, he's a brewer. Bruth the brewer. And Bruce I'm he- the brewer. I'm here to put band-aids on the boo-boos and make sure everybody gets plenty of sleep and stays hydrated. <laughs> you're, a, you're a dungeon mom. <laughs> And if I uh, find out who's been eating DM. extra rations after <laughs> bedtime, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> I told you, I have three dinners. <laughs> I'm a Varanus, a dragonborn fighter. A former military officer has no has lost his uh, standing with the military and has just been drinking fairly much ever since. Oh, goodness. Uh, I've been traveling for two weeks and I just kind of came out of an alcoholic stupor, so I'm not really sure where the hell I am. <laughs> We're getting along just fine, friend. <laughs> We've all been there. You've been really <laughs> huggy so far. Yeah. We've all been there. Is that how it explains the two daughters, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't always a cleric. <laughs> Already starting great. <laughs> I am Uthol, twice orphan Dalika. I am Goliath from up in the mountains. I am here because my clan was all killed in a freak rock slide. So I've, in order to join another clan, I must seek great glory and bring back many stories. Man, that's super weird. Right before my village was decimated, we were up in the mountains. Just <laughs> 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 fucking weirdest thing ever. Ah! All right. Ouch, oof, my bones. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Dave. Oh, oh, and as tradition, all my friends call Everyone me twice orphan. Everyone roll for initiative, you're all dead. <laughs> That's all awfully right. long to say there, friend. Can yeah, I just call you, you twice? <laughs> you can call me orphaned. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Bastard orphan. <laughs> so you guys been traveling together for about two weeks. Um, you guys did a couple like small odd jobs, you know. Uh, and you are now sitting, Porn. it is getting on towards dusk, and you guys have found an inn. 
called the Crooked Crow. Okay. It's not too far from. It's uh, near uh, Daggerford. About like a day's ride from Daggerford. We've exactly all been through there. <laughs> and you guys are settling down for the night for drinks and. Uh, how, much, ah. how much gold do we have? Um. So how much gold do we each have? Yeah, I was gonna say because I I start off with I'll say ten here for the background. I start off with fifteen. Do we just want to go with whatever we start off with? Uh, alimony. I, I, everyone add. Was <laughs> everyone has? Uh, we'll say everyone has fifty gold right now. We're, we're on top saying. of your what you have. All right. Excellent. Can I see your pencil? Here, I've, I've got an extra. Den mother brought a lot of supplies. I did. That's why you are the dragon mother. It has mother. nothing to do with your character. Dungeon mother. <laughs> The experienced DM. Oh, I even can finally read my gold pieces. All right. So what's it like inside this inn? Uh, it's a relatively, you know, nice inn. A lot of wood. 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 Uh, it's but it's very, it's pretty lively in there. Like there's a, uh, it's getting towards dusk, so it's starting to pick up. There is a, uh, there's a bard in the corner. What's playing he playing? Loot. I hate him already. Oh, loot, not <laughs> yeah. a liar. He's not a liar. He's loot. And he's rocking it. He's singing a lot of drinking songs, getting you guys in the mood. Oh, what a once lively was fella. a hero named Ragnar the Red who came <laughs> riding from uh, yeah. uh, Exactly. I tell you, I tell you, the dragonborn comes. With the vice-wielding power of the ancient Norda. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I just yell off to the bard. I'm going to say I'm a... Just let the bard do his gonna job. I'm going to say right now I'm finding the most comfortable place to sit because I can't stand all the way up in here. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little crowded. Considering I am like eight foot two. <laughs> you occasionally, you know... I've got plenty of headspace. Bump, bump your head, bump your head on a beam. Yeah, because I, I tend to be fiddling with something odd and little that I get distracted with. That's uh, I forgot your name already. Uh, Corin. Yeah, Corin Toscobble. That's the odd little thing you're messing with, right? Yeah, I keep, <laughs> I keep picking up Corin and fiddling with him. Sometimes has, I break him. He he's been trying to take my pants off this entire time. <laughs> But I'm not having it. That is not the is friendship there... we are going to have, good sir. I'm just going straight to the bar. You are a real funny little doll, man, I'm, aren't you? Garda right, is going to take a corner in the room because she, she doesn't drink. And she's going to... Uh, she's just going to watch and make sure her brood doesn't cause trouble. I'm going to sit with Agarda. I would like to go to the bar and cause trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to punch somebody in the face. I was right. I'm, I'm absolutely drinking. <laughs> uh, is there anything in the bar that catches my eye? Like, is there anything out of the ordinary? Not really. It's, uh, I mean, there's, it's a bar, so there's always two or three shifty characters. I think two but... or three of them are among us. <laughs> <laughs> is there just a dude in the, co- in the corner, like, flipping a coin and, like, picking his nails with a knife? Yes, there is. Yes. Ah. And then, uh, there is, um, a couple guys playing, uh, some, uh, card games in the middle. You can get some gambling in if you'd like. Eggs. Uh, they're start, they're playing start, D&D I start whittling some dice out of wood <laughs> I actually have dice Mine came with dice Recursion, <laughs> anyhow But it's uh, it's starting to fill up It's starting to get very, very It's a very it's a very uh, light atmosphere Everyone's having a good time The drinks are flowing All you guys had a successful job So you're all drinking, not you Because you're the D&D mom <laughs> I am the DD no, I'm the D&D DD <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just uh, Varenus is just right at the belly up to the bar, just drinking. He's got a tankard in hand already. <laughs> Alrighty. Have you met the people I'm with. 
Give me more. <laughs> now, Varanis, darling, last time you drank that much, you ended up shoving your head down a... Well, what was that? Well, I think it was a rust monster hole. <laughs> and the rust monster... I thought it's I thought it's all candy. <laughs> <laughs> you were the candy. Anyhow. <laughs> I, thank you. <laughs> I, I am a challenging fucky boy to a drinking challenge. Absolutely. better than him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to sit there and egg them on. <laughs> All right, you two, just... I'm going to ref it. I'm going to ref it. All right, I want a good, clean drink, King. <laughs> you're Finish the tanker. Turn it over cause. when you're done. You're the perfect size to just like, throw across the bar. <laughs> you are all a perfect size to throw across the bar in my eyes. I guess it's true, yeah. Well, you're like, eight foot tall and playing a dragon boy, seven foot, foot tall. You have a dwarf oh, he's and two like halflings. twice my height. Oh, that's perfect. You're two I'm dwarfs eight and eight foot two. My dick is in all of your faces <laughs> all the time. Not quite even to my head, though. <laughs> <laughs> my I'm head very... is on your head. <laughs> it just rests on the top of his head. No. <laughs> just the head. No. <laughs> Anyhow, I will not be disrespected. <laughs> That's gonna last like maybe thirty seconds. So you guys are yeah, with that little thing tickling it. So you guys are doing Prepare a for uh, a shower, yeah, drinking contest. Sure, why the hell not? I will need a Constitution roll, please. Yes, sir. What is my roll? I need a D twenty. That'd be a fifteen on the Constitution. Here, roll hold on. I actually have like a full set of every huh. kind of die. He needs to dump two. That out. Fifteen here. Uh, constitution, you should get a little bit better than that. You have a three. So that'd be a five. Ah. This constitution. So they're fifteen four. and a five. So you guys oh, uh, order several flags. Yeah. Okay, I'm a seventeen. Oh, Come on, twice orphaned. Those are all yours. Sweet. I mean, you know, till the end. We'll say this is the first round, and you guys have downed three. Tankards. All right. You are Ooh. feeling. Are oh, you feeling it already? You're not doing too bad. Let's say we have a seventeen to a five here. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you it's hitting you <laughs> weird today. You forgot um, to eat this morning, <laughs> so it's hitting you a little harder. It's going to the head. I'm just Good. walking around um, with one of those signs that just has a two on it. Just like yes. I, I'm still You're bleeding right. from. Are you wearing a bikini this as well? Early afternoon. <laughs> this should be absolutely. Let's do round two. You will get disadvantage because you're already feeling tipsy. Ooh. So that's two. That's two d twenty, and you take the lowest. Yeah. Often. 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 Oh, hey, good roll. Eight on my turn here. I got sixteen. Yeah, we're catching up to me, huh? Yeah. You so yeah, you you start to balance out. Yeah. You're you kind of getting your stride. You're fading a little bit. Yeah. We'll do one more round. Holding up the sign for three. Round and you both three. get you both get disadvantage because you're both feeling three. Both disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the first is a twenty-three. <laughs> Next one's a twenty-five. Ooh. I got a ten. So you are clear, the clear victor of this. You guys, down, you guys are now nine tankards in. So you both are pretty <laughs> fucked up. I'd, I'd stop them, but then they wouldn't learn anything. <laughs> he to I'm trying to, too like, good to drink with me. Trying to like hold his hand up in the air as he's the victor, but I'm too short, so I'm kind of like patting him on the side. I'm picking I'm, him up and holding yeah, him like a trophy. <laughs> what is AJ's character again? I'm a dwarven monk. Oh, so we have dwarf, dwarf. Dragonborn, Dragonborn, halfling, halfling, Goliath. Dave, and I'm just Goliath. dancing around having a great time. <laughs> you, you're partying. Was that every time we touch in the Forgotten Rums? <laughs> <laughs> I heal exactly. one D for <laughs> <laughs> So you 
guys are partying. You're having yeah, a good not, time. Not quite blacked out. He's definitely having a good time. <laughs> you're getting there. You're getting there. I, I am enjoying myself. <laughs> Um, oh, you guys by, are by partying. Now with how drunk I am, my guy is going to be just really, just fucking with everything, little trinket wise. He's oh, just gonna uh, be don't, don't, care, careful! Oh, oh. Just, I'm going to be picking up everything that's like kind of little and trinkety to me, and I'm going to be checking it out. So you guys, it's it, you know, it's it's getting there towards the uh, towards the end. Um, we'll say, you know, after a while, a, a group of uh, farmers come in. And they are cheering and hey! and I start cheering with them. I'm happy. I just want to got him. Yeah. And uh, one heads to the bar and slaps down a, a a pouch of gold, and it's like I just had my first child. Drinks on everyone. Drinks for me. Yeah. Hey, where did all the gold come from if he just had a child? <laughs> that was in character. Yeah, coming from the one, the mother of two. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, how the hell did you get so much money after having a child? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Hooray! <laughs> just go up to him and be like, hey, may, hey, congratulations. May I make an insight roll yeah. on him? Yeah. Yes, you may. Fucked a noble. <laughs> all right. Child support payment starting way early. Uh, actually, yeah, all right, that's only an eleven. Ooh, he seems honest. He's just real. He's happy. He may have been, may have started drinking a little early. I'm that's fair. The dude on the back. <laughs> well, guard is just like, oh, well, congratulations. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Thank you. He's a wonderful child already. <laughs> Pictures out of your wallet. <laughs> He's a mine. He's a mine. <laughs> He's a mine. <laughs> See, so the 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 bard kicks it up in full blast. The music's going. Corin's dancing even harder. The, the, the bard's playing uh, Van Halen now. Will Corn dance with Garda? Hot for teacher. We'll be... But he's playing Panama, so you're like, come on! <laughs> Platonically, of course. <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna, you're gonna dance with her? You're gonna dance with her? We're doing like the traditional like square dance bullshit where you like, you know, put your arm, hand put your arm. and then you do the dancing around. Yeah, but I don't fucking know how that shit works. <laughs> you guys are dancing, having a good time. Can I make a constitution roll to see how drunk I am? Yes. I'll just tell you now, you're very drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Roll. Yes, you're drunk. Five. <laughs> you are hammered. Lit. You are not going to remember Pretty much tonight, at and this that's point, okay. Everyone is wasted. <laughs> I need to make a constitution uh, roll not to pick up taken him spare, I probably should have it. taken the spare the dime. Twice while Trent is looking for the skooma around the back of the building. <laughs> I give really me, am. Give him the extra oh. bum he needs to keep going. All right, so... The night goes on, and the last thing all of you remember is beers. 